this morning, I, I would like to talk with all of you uh, about grief. Uh, grief is, is kind of a funny thing, isn't it? Uh, it's almost unpredictable, actually. You never know, you can never predict how you're going to grieve someone uh, after they've passed. Uh, I, I know that's true for me. There have been people that I have loved dearly, family members that I've lost, uh, that as I grieved them, I laughed. And how do you explain that? I, I don't know. But uh, as I've grieved people I've loved, I've laughed. And, and then there have been other times where uh, there have been strangers who have passed away, people I barely knew, where I cried. Um, can't explain that either. But I, I remember this one time, I, this was several years ago while I was on my vicarage, I, I got a phone call from this family in the area who I didn't know, who wasn't really connected with our church, but uh, they were looking for someone to come and give them some comfort. Their, their mother, who was living in a nursing home, uh, was slowly dying, and they didn't know if she had days or weeks or, or maybe just hours to live. And so they somehow got a hold of the church and asked uh, me if I could come visit their mother as she uh, was slowly slipping away there in the nursing home. Uh, it was a Monday, it was, it was my day off, and I was uh, sitting in my pajamas on the couch, it was early in the morning, and in my uh, sinful selfishness, I was a little frustrated at the thought of doing this, but uh, I got in the car, I, I hurried over to the nursing home, and when I got there, the woman had already died. And, and by that time, the room was full of people. There were uh, children and grandchildren and cousins and neighbors and friends, the room was packed. And as I walked in this room, and, and I saw this woman who had just passed, who I had never met, full of a room of people I had never met, I started to cry. Here I was, tears coming down my face, strangers everywhere, crying over someone I'd never met before. Sometimes when you grieve, you cry. Other times, as I've grieved, I have preached. Um, when my uncle passed away five years ago, I preached his funeral sermon. And I know there are other people in my life, other family members I have, that there is no way I'm preaching that sermon. I will need to be preached too. But for my uncle, for some reason, as I grieved that day, I preached. Uh, grief is a, a funny thing. It's, a, it's an unpredictable thing. No, no two of us probably ever grieve the same. You, you can never quite tell how you're going to grieve. But the thing we all probably have in common is that we all grieve. After all, we have so many reasons to grieve in this world. As a country, we have plenty of reasons to grieve lately, don't we? After all, this time last week as we gathered together to worship, to praise and thank God for all that he's done for us and to receive his gifts of, of grace and love and forgiveness as we celebrated uh, his supper here at this altar, there were other Christians some several thousand miles from here worshiping the same Jesus who were killed as they sat in their pews. And as Christians and as Americans, we grieved this week. But that's not the only reason we have to grieve. There's been a long string of reasons recently, right? Because before Texas, there was New York, Manhattan, and before that, there was Las Vegas, and before Las Vegas, there was Orlando, and before Orlando, there was Sandy Hook. The, the, the long list goes on and on and on. We have so many reasons to grieve as a country. And, and then there are all the reasons that hit a little bit closer to home, the, the people that we know personally that we love, that we've lost, the, the mothers and fathers and grandparents, husbands and wives, sometimes even children that aren't here anymore, and we grieve. We, we grieve the cancer that uh, strikes people we love. We, we grieve the addiction that is around us. We grieve the children who have walked away from the faith. We, we have so many reasons to grieve, and it seems to me that as time goes on, we, we only have more and more reasons to grieve. And the hard part about it, as God's people, is, is that we will grieve. We will continue to grieve. 
that's reality in this world uh, until Christ should come again. We, we will grieve. And God's Word doesn't sugarcoat that. It uh, doesn't pretend like that's not true. In, in our reading for today, it says as much. Uh, we are reminded today in our reading from 1 Thessalonians that we will continue to grieve. Uh, but the important reminder that this reading gives us, uh, I think, is, is that while we grieve, we are reminded that we do not grieve without hope. That yes, we will grieve, but we have something to hope in. That, that as the tears come down our face, we, we have a sure and certain hope as Christians. Which I know sometimes can be very hard to believe, right? Uh, after everything that goes on in our own lives and the lives of people we love, after we turn on the news and see tragedy after tragedy, uh, it can be hard to believe that there's hope for this messy, broken world we live in. And sometimes it might seem to us like our only hope in this world with everything that's going on is escape, right? Just, just to get out of here and, and leave this mess behind. And, and so, you know, people try to escape this world all the time. Some people do it through bottles and pills. Other people do it through cheap thrills and dollar bills, uh, trying to protect themselves with the temporary comforts of this world to, to keep that grief, that mourning, that sadness at bay. We, we often try to escape this world. And, and others of us, maybe we're just waiting. We're just biding our time until one day we can escape this world and go up to heaven to be with Jesus. But, but our reading for today, I, I think, reminds us that our greatest hope, and, and to be sure, we have lots to hope for as Christians. God has made many promises that we can hope in. But our, our greatest hope as, as God's people is not found in escape, not even in the escape of this world to, to fly upwards towards heaven. No, our, our greatest hope, as, as we heard in 1 Thessalonians, is in heaven coming to us in the return of Jesus Christ, the one who will restore and renew all things, the one who will raise the living and the dead to bring his people into a kingdom that will have no end. That's what our reading was all about today, the, the return of Jesus and his promise that, that he is coming again one day. I don't know about you, but I don't know that we talk about that all that often. We, we talk a lot about the hope and the promise of heaven, and, and hear me out, heaven is real and it is a wonderful place. Jesus says himself to that thief next to him on the cross that heaven is paradise. It's, it's a rest for our souls, that we will be there with the Lord. But that's not the only promise God has made. We hear today that, that Jesus is coming back because he created this world and he loves this world and he wants to redeem this world and, and make all things new. And and that, I think, we'll see today is our truest hope, our greatest hope, our, our ultimate hope. Uh, but this is how uh, Paul puts it in our reading for today. We heard these words earlier, and I, I just wanted uh, to read some of them again for you. Uh, this is how God uh, speaks to us through Paul. He says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, Christ is coming back, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The, the creed, which we speak so often, week after week after week here, uh, puts it this way, and these will be familiar words to most of us, I think. In the creed, we say, and he, that is, and Jesus will come again. Jesus is returning here to this world, and he's coming with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. 
Later on, we say, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. You see, our, our greatest hope as is, is Christians is, is just that, that Jesus is coming back here to this messy, broken world. And, and when he comes, those who, who have died, our loved ones, our, our parents and our grandparents, our friends and our family who are, who are already resting with the Lord, when Christ comes again, he will raise up those bodies from the dead. And he, he will reunite body and soul just as he made us to be, just as he made Adam and Eve to be in the garden when he said, it is good. And those people, those men and women, brothers and sisters, will rise up, body and soul reunited. And, and then us, uh, God's children who might be alive at that time, all who are living at that time, they too will be caught up with the Lord and they will live together. Revelation describes that new place as a new heaven and a new earth, God's people living together for all eternity. That's our hope. Our hope is in a God who loves this world so much that he created this world. And a God who loves this world so much, who, who also grieves the hurts and the pains and, 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 and the messiness of this world, that he, that he sent his son Jesus to die for this world. Uh, a God who loves this world so much that he rose again from the grave so that we too might have life. A God who loves this world so much, who created this world and died and rose again for this world, and who now today reigns and rules over this world at the right hand of the Father. A God who loves this world so much that he promises to return to this world, to redeem and renew and restore all things, to raise the living and the dead, to institute a new kingdom, a new heaven, and a new earth that will never end. Grief is a funny thing. It's unpredictable, isn't it? You never know how you're going to grieve someone. And you never know, I think this is true, uh, what stories are going to come to mind as you grieve someone. You never quite know what lasting images you'll carry with you of the people that you've lost. And sometimes it's the the most random, strangest things. Uh, 30 years ago, when I was three years old, my grandfather passed away. Obviously, being so young, I don't remember much about him. But, But the lasting image I do have of my grandfather are his hands. Uh, See, my grandfather worked on the railroad his entire life, and he had these strong, sturdy, weathered hands of of someone who worked with his hands all of his life. And and it is those hands, I can remember them vividly at at this point, it is those strong and sturdy hands that I I just can't seem to forget. I I sometimes think uh, about what he would think about his grandson's hands, the ultra-smooth, ultra-moisturized pastor's hands. (laughs) Uh, who'd never seen a day of work in their life. Uh, I I don't know what he would think. I I think he would laugh. Uh, But I I really remember those hands. I I can't seem to forget them for some reason. But but the hard truth for me today is is that those hands, those strong and sturdy hands, they're, they're really nothing but dust and dirt at this point. As I think about that, I, I grieve 30 years later for a man I, I barely knew. But Paul reminds us today that we do not grieve without hope. And so my hope today is this, that one day those strong and sturdy hands of my grandfather will be met by the even stronger and sturdier hands of Jesus. That one day those hands of Jesus that that bore the nails, that carried my cross, that that died for the sins of the world, that Thomas and all the rest of the disciples saw and, and touched, that those hands of Jesus will one day come back to this world and and they will take the hand of my, my grandfather and hand in hand he will raise him up to a new and everlasting life. Our hope today is that, that one day Christ's hands will take your hand and my hand and, and the hands of all of those we love 
and he will lift them up, all of us together. And hand in hand, we, we will live with him for all eternity. You see, God made hands. He, he loves hands. He, he's coming to redeem and restore our hands. God created you. He loves you. And he's coming again to make all things new. In Jesus' name, amen.